Hello, my friends, and thank you for joining me for Lord's Day Live. I am grateful for your attendance. Uh, let's see if I can do this. Oh, yeah, it's over here. That's what I'm supposed to do. Doodle Bible School with me. Thank you for being here. I like our new opening here because that kind of illustrates what we do, especially during the Bible class time here with regards to Doodle Bible School and doodling things so that we can remember the Bible in Bible school. Got it? Here we go. All right. <clears throat> basic Bible, as you know, here's the way it goes. In Basic Bible, we uh, use it for homeschool, Sunday school curriculum, all kinds of stuff. But the first thing that we do, are you ready? Watch it right here. Here it comes. Watch it right here. Watch it. There it is. <laughs> we doodle. We're going to doodle. And I got my doodler. And you got your doodler. You Okay, good. Then we're ready to go here. All right. So what we're going to do is we're going to doodle in segment number one. As uh, Jacob speaks to Rachel. And Rachel's not sure about Jacob. That's why she's doing that thing. But it's in generally Genesis that we're dealing here. And uh, we're moving right along in generally Genesis. And we're into chapter 35, for those of you who care. Chapter 35. I hit the button there. It's just slow today. Generally, Genesis, here they're going to line them up here for you. All these wonderful clues that Gabriel has concocted so that we can remember the theme of each chapter. I like them. They're just really, really good. Remember the icon for Jacob? He looks like the little chef guy there. Okay. All right, here we come. Boom, boom, and here it is. Whoopus. All right, we've got the little chef dude happening here as well. See if you can look at it. I've blown it up here so it's bigger. So what do you think is going to happen in chapter 35? We got the little chef dude. That's Jacob. We know that, all right? And see his little pot of or porridge or whatever that is. You know, and it's got the. Oh, so there's the three, and it's pointing towards the ladder. We've had that ladder before, Jacob's ladder. Remember that? Yeah. We might be revisiting it. <laughs> and then you got the five over here. It's a rather complicated uh, clue, but it's really good. Ha 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 is what makes up the five. Remember that? Okay. And you got the. Somebody's going to die. You got that whole uh, tombstone thing happening there. And then you got this wedding ring over here, along with the tombstone thing. Somebody's going to die who's married to Jacob. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oh, you know what? We were supposed to draw that. <laughs> we do the doodle, and then we didn't even draw it. Oh, man, I'm so confused. Let's go back there, because I've got to see the picture, don't you? <laughs> okay, this is going to be complicated. All right, now remember, I'm not very fancy like Gabriel, so we're going to do this thing. You can even put the little chef hat on him if you want to, okay? All right, there's Jacob, all right? And he's got that, that pot of stew or whatever coming. He's got, whoo, and it comes over here, and it does the three, all right? <laughs> oh, dear, I'm not, I'm not Gabriel at all, am I? All right, and then up here, remember, we're going to have the clouds, okay? Have a cloud, and then we've got the ladder that comes down out of the clouds, okay? And that's supposed to remind us of Jacob's ladder. But now here's where it gets tough. Remember how I told you how to square off a, a, a number or something like that? You, you could even do it the other way. You can make it a bubble if you wanted to, but there's a five. It's a pretty pitiful five, but we're going to go with it, all right? And then you just kind of outline it, right? And then you take out the middle. And what do you got? A really bad looking five. 
All right, but in here, that's where we're going to put the tombstone. And he, he has rip on it. That means rest in peace, okay? And over here, I didn't make my five very good, but it made it get my head out of the way. Over here, that's supposed to be a diamond ring, so we'll put a diamond over here. See, and that goes, that's that's the ring right there. <laughs> so who do you like better? Do you like Gabriel's or do you like mine? Come on, vote for mine. <laughs> oh, I love to doodle. Don't you guys, even though it looks crazy, not good. I love to doodle. All right, so we've doodlated it. Now we can move on. Okay, here you go. Segment number one, testing you over that, it would be, what is the theme of Genesis chapter 35? <laughs> that crazy picture. Can you see anything in that that's worth remembering? <laughs> yes, you can. Yeah, we did good. We did fine. All right, and can you doodle the picture? Well, I done showed you. We did. We doodled it. It's not a piece of artwork, but it's a doodle. <laughs> All right, silly Bill. What do snakes like to study in school? If snakes went to school, and I don't think they do, I think they just spend time doing other stuff. But let's just pretend. If snakes went to school, what would be their favorite subject? I would suggest to you it would be history. <laughs> I thought about having a snake slither across here, but I hate snakes. So we're not going to do that. History. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Segment number two. Make a memory right up there in the old noggin. We're just going to stick something right up in there, and we're going to make it a memory. And here's what we're going to memorate. We're going to memorate this. God said to Jacob, Arise, go to Bethel, and dwell there. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. That might have something to do with why we, in our picture clue, we got the whole aroma thing that's going up here, pointing back toward the ladder. He's saying, go back there. God said, go back there. Anyhow. Jacob says to Rachel, honey, we got to memorize this. It's just a shorty. You can do this. And Rachel says, oh, but I don't know. But you can do it. Say each line five times. God said to Jacob. God said to Jacob. God said to Jacob. God said to Jacob. And God said to Jacob. Here's a wasp flying around. Did you guys see it? It went across there. It just went right. It's coming back. I'm going to get that one. Because there it is. Did you see it? You saw it, did you? Yeah, I'm telling you, it's right in here. I think it's actually a dirt dauber, and I'm not really all that afraid of dirt daubers. But anyhow, if, if you can't get it with that, here's another way you could do it. You can also leave out certain key words, write it down, sticky notes, put it all over the house. Every time you pass it, you got to say the key word. Surely between the two of those, saying it five times each, leaving out key words, surely you can get it. You know what I'm saying? Here he comes. He's right here. If he lands on my head, I need somebody to yell. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, enough of that. Here's segment number, what is this, two? Yeah, we're in two, aren't we? Here he comes. You guys see him? You saw him, didn't you? He flew right in front. You saw him. <laughs> he dive bombing me. All right, where do, where did God tell Jacob to go in our story today? Where did God tell Jacob to go? And can you quote the memory voice? <laughs> there he went again. All right, let's be silly. Love these ladies. Which is faster, hot or cold? I got to tell you about my shower. I got a shower here at the house, and I love my shower and everything, but I got to be honest with you, everybody lives on the property and everybody using the water, sometimes it's rather interesting what happens in my shower. I have been in the middle of the shower, nice, hot, going after it, shower, just scrubbing, you know, scrub-a-dub-dub, three men in a, well, just one man in a tub, and I'm scrub-a-dubbing, and anyhow... 
hot water ends. I mean, it doesn't just begin to, it just goes, it's gone. It's like, here I am, now I'm in the Arctic. You know what I'm saying? It's just, so I'm going to suggest to you that cold comes quicker. That's just what I'm going to suggest. But anyhow, the joke back here is, which is faster, hot or cold? The answer to our joke is hot, because it's easy to catch a cold. <laughs> I got a cold right now. Can you guys tell that I'm all stuffed up and everything? I've been, <laughs> In fact, I'll probably have to blow my nose somewhere halfway through this, and you're just going to have to forgive me, because that's just part of it. Anyhow. Hot is faster than cold because it's easy to catch a cold. All right. Segment number three. Ponder. Here he is, sitting at the pond, pondering. Hmm. Ponder a passage. And here's our passage to ponderation on. God said to Jacob, arise, go to Bethel and dwell there. Oh, I forgot to change our clue. Oh, and you needed to see the clue in order for it to, to be right. Oh, what am I going to do, guys? That's no good. Don't pay attention to that. That's the wrong clue. You can't be looking up there. Here, let's put my clue up there. That way, see, that'll even be better. <laughs> it's such a silly clue. Anyhow, I'll hold it here. All right, now, remember what's going to happen here back to our passage. He said, go up to Bethel and dwell there. Now, remember, Jacob's done been there before. That's where he's going to have the 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 uh, the thingy dingy. What do you call it? The where he's going to have the the dream, and he's going to have the the ladder that leads up into heaven and all that kind of thing. And so he's God says, now I need you to go back. All right. So he says, okay. And uh, notice what God says also here. Make an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you fled from your brother Esau. So remember when you fled, I need you to go back there. So Jacob said to his household and all that were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you, and purify yourselves, and change your garments. Two things he says basically in that. Number one, I want you to put away the foreign gods. Foreign gods, And the other one is I want you to purify yourself. That's including the changing of your garments. I want you guys to be clean and purified and all those kind of things. How do we know that they still had foreign gods among them? <laughs> you remember what Rachel stole from Dad back in the day? Okay. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel, so that I may make there an altar to God, who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. That's a pretty, pretty big deal. Uh, Jacob admits to the fact that I need to go up to Bethel because God wants me to, and I want to, because this is a God who has constantly been with me. And so it says, so they gave Jacob all the foreign gods that they had, and all the rings that were in their ears, and Jacob hid them under the terebinth tree that was near Shechem. Terebinth tree. I have no idea what that is. But anyhow, it's a tree. And it's near Shechem, I can tell you that. <laughs> and at one point, it had a whole bunch of foreign gods and jewelry that were hidden there. I can tell you that too. But anyhow, that's going to be on your test. As they journeyed, a terror from God fell upon the cities that were around them so that they did not pursue the sons of Jacob. You might remember, Jacob, remember what's just happened? Jacob and his folks weren't all that popular because of what they did. And so uh, God protects them as they're traveling through. God puts a fear in the heart of all the people so that they don't pursue a Jacob and his folks. And Jacob came to Luz, that is Bethel, which is in the land of Canaan, he and all the people who were with him. And there he built an altar and he called the place El Bethel. El Bethel means God of Bethel. The word Bethel actually means 
house of God. And so it really, if you want to, it really means God of the house of God. Because their God had revealed himself to him when he fled from his brothers. And so again, you guys, well, remember our clue? <laughs> our silly clue there? Remember? So back in the day, remember when we first had that, that dream? Now God's saying, I want you to go back to that same place. And uh, we're going to have a conversation. And so that's what's happening here. <laughs> you got it? Okay, good. I think I can take my sticky notes down now, can I? Because they don't have to block anything no more. Okay, I'm going to put them over here. And then I'm going to get out of the way because you need to see these. These are, of course, the questions that you're going to have on the final test. And that's very important for you to read those. I love water. Have I ever told you how much I love water? Let me tell you. I love water. Anyhow, there's your questions. Did I pause long enough for you again? There they are. All right. Here we go. Moving on. Love this guy. What is worse than raining cats and dogs? You ever heard that expression? When it comes down to, you know, it's just raining cats and dogs out there. I don't even know where that came from. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's such a crazy phrase. But anyhow, I, I think it's the idea that it's just raining really hard. But there is something worse than raining cats and dogs. Do you know what it is? What's worse than raining cats and dogs? Hailing taxis. <laughs> now, if you're young and you don't understand that, let me explain it to you. Back in the day, whenever they would talk about trying to get a taxi, they would hail it meaning that they would summons it. They would say, hey, 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 I, I need a taxi. Or you see people with, you know, trying to whistle a taxi to them. That kind of, that's, that, back in the day, they called that a hail, when you were hailing something, all right? Hailing is also, you know, that ice stuff that falls out of the sky and hits you in the head and doesn't feel good. Hailing taxis. That's worse than raining cats and dogs because that could be dangerous. <laughs> no. Segment number four. All right, apply the why. This is where we boing, boing, boing. This is where we stop and we say, okay, now, 35 had a pretty complicated little thing that we tried to draw, remember? <laughs> had a lot of stuff to remember. Now, why do we even need to know that stuff? I'm fixing to tell you, folks. Buckle up. Here we go. This is why. I'm going to step over here. And that way I can be out of the way as we look at this one little phrase here. This is what I was drawn to in this passage. There's a lot of stuff we could talk about, but Put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Okay, he told them to do two things. Put away your foreign guards, gods and purify yourself. My question is, you know, what are some things that we should do to make ourselves ready to go to worship? Um, that's what Jacob is doing here. He's saying, you know, <clears throat> we need to consider how we look, the stuff that we have, you know, all of the what we're taking to the worship setting, you know, because they're traveling to Bethlehem. And so he says, you know, we need to we need to be careful that we are doing what we should in order to prepare ourselves for worship. I'm going to give you one that I think is really important that happens actually before you even go to worship. Sunday is generally one of the major times for us to worship because that's the day that Jesus resurrected from the tomb, right? Before the family and I get ready for our home worship, one of the things that we try to do is we try to make sure that we're well rested. Like on Saturday nights, I especially try not to stay up as late as I normally do because I know I got a lot to do on Sunday and I want God to have my full attention and all those kind of things. So that's one of the things that I do to make myself ready for worship. So I try to go to bed on Saturday night because I know Sunday's I'm going to be going to I'm going to be going to, to God in, in worship. How about you? What are some things that you should be doing to make yourself ready to go to worship God? Is 
that's going to be. Well, I'll just prove it to you right here. It is segment number four. Test prep question. What are some things you should do <laughs> to get ready to go to worship? I told you. Yes, I did. There it is. <laughs> oh, here he is, my hairball friend. What did one volcano say to the other volcano? This is an old one. In fact, there was a song written about this. It's a cute little song. Cindy and Gabriel, they sing it together and everybody cries. No, we don't really. But I've seen the little cartoon video. It's really kind of cute. So you should, yeah, you should already know the answer. I bet my hairball buddy does it because he doesn't watch television. But what did one volcano say to the other? Clearly it said, I lava you. <laughs> I, I still think that's rather cute. I lava you. My hairball buddy does not. He says, you're still the wrong kind of nut. I don't care. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> All right, segment number five. This is what we've been looking for. Here's my buddy. Watch. He's coming in there. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. <laughs> All right. It's time to test. Take it to the test. Test, test. Going to take it to the test. Test, test. Here it is. Now the test. Test, test. Whoop, whoop, whoop. There it is. That's the test. Those are all the questions. I mean, think about it. What kind of teacher gives you all the questions ahead of time? This kind right here. <laughs> there you go, guys. I believe in you. Yes, I do. He does too. But that's really me. Because I'm me too. And we're believing in you. Both of us. Although we're only one. <laughs> you got it? Did you screenshot it? We're fixing to move along. <laughs> I'm so thankful you guys joined me. It really does mean a lot. Be there. Matthew 16, 26. Well, that was fun. You got to say it. Just say it with this little guy right here. Sure glad he put his deodorant on because that would have been a really bad day if he hadn't had deodorant on. But anyhow, if you really thought that this was fun and you really appreciated what happened, would you consider making a donation to our work? Look, you can even scan that little doohickey thing. And you can go that way if you want to. Time to pray. Time to pray. Here are some things I'd like for you to be praying about. Turn your VBS into a DBS. We just organized this and I just, just sent out a bunch of uh, advertisements about this and hoping that I can get some invitations so I can come and do some doodling, live doodling right there in front of you. And you can doodle with me and we can have a whole lot of doodle fun. Think about that. Would you uh, consider having one of those at your congregation? Dementia and those who are serving them. Uh, that particular subject has really come alive for Cindy and I recently. And uh, if you would just consider those things and, and pray about those, because I know a lot of you who are watching probably are also dealing with some of these issues. And those who serve them are especially taxed and, and stressed with regards to taking care of them, etc. Pray for, about that, if you will. Hawaii and the loss uh, with regards to all the property damage and the lives that were lost, etc., etc. Please be in prayer about that. Bryson, my buddy, got a new job. My boy, my oldest son, got him a new job. He's working trailers and uh, selling trailers. I just sell them left and right. So very, very proud of this young man. Doing whatever it takes to make sure he supports his family. And uh, if you will, pray for, for Bryson as he continues to do well in, in this particular uh, opportunity that's put before him. My invitations to go to Kenya and India are still out there. And I, in fact, I think, yeah, Cindy and I, yesterday, we were able to send off our passport uh, information so we can get our passports in order so we might be able to go. Pray about that, if you will. Persecution and trials of those uh, SBS students. Uh, 
one of the fellows in this picture right here from India was hacked. His bank account was hacked. And just last night I found out about this and lost a lot of money because of some of the things that take place in his country. And so pray about that and pray for us as we continue to try to support these men as they're doing great works. And let's see, we've got them in India, Kenya, Uganda. Back to school decisions, hoping that a lot of parents are going to step up and they're going to see the dangers of spiritual dangers of putting their child in the midst of the world for the majority of their waking hours every every school day. And I'm hoping that they're going to wake up, smell a coffee, and keep the kids at home. Many of them are not, however, pray for those parents that they'll come under conviction. And then home church worship guides. Here you go. Into James chapter 4. Let me blow that up for you. You can have that for your own personal home church studies. Got it? I'll get a drink here real quick while you're taking a screenshot of that. I have a lot of congestion today, and so I'm struggling. All right, here we go. Lord's Day Live sermon segment. Thank you for being here. I am honored. As you know, we are studying through the book of Genesis, and we're trying to make applications to each chapter, something relevant from this most ancient book of the Bible, make it relevant to our lives today. And we're into Genesis chapter 35, rather interesting chapter, we're going to deal with death and how to deal with the death, the, those who are dying and, and those who are, have passed on. And, and you and I, as we pass through the valley of the shadow of death, which is what Psalm 23 is really about, how do we deal with that? Well, here we go. Here are five questions for those of you who are part of the School of Biblical Studies so you can have them and be ready to fill in the blanks, as it were, as we move along. Got them? All right. Dealing with death. And 1 Thessalonians 4 and 13, in a moment I'm going to give you the Genesis passage, but let's start here. Because I think that as you see what he, Paul, is going to say to the church of Thessalonica, it will help you to understand and appreciate what's going to happen in Genesis 35. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. We're going to see that in chapter 35, there's actually going to be three people who are going to pass away. Two are very prominent individuals. And as they pass away, we're going to see how Jacob deals with their passing. Uh, all three of these, get we're going to gain a principle for e from, for e from each of them. But one of the things I think is important for us to recognize, and obviously I realize that this is written to the New Testament church, folks who are this side of the cross, not Old Testament folks. But even back in the day, certainly for Jacob, who is a man who has been communicating with God, being protected by, by God throughout his life, etc., he has a much greater hope in the future than does the the people around about him, the pagans who are uh, trusting upon trusting in, in gods that don't even exist. Okay, and so Paul is saying to the church of Thessalonica that it's important for us as Christians to make sure that we keep our focus where it needs to be, especially when dealing with this transient life that we are in. Now, let's put up the passage from Genesis 35, and you begin to see what I'm saying here. In Genesis 35, we're going to see verses eight. Don't skip and skip because just because I don't have enough screen, uh, but you're going to see the, the basic bulk of the material, Genesis chapter 35. Three points I want you to draw from this with regards to death. And Deborah, who is Rebecca's nurse, she died. And she was buried under an oak below Bethel. 
So he called its name Alon Bukath, which means Oak of Weeping. Oak of Weeping. The first application I would draw with regards to how Jacob dealt with death is tears are appropriate. It's okay to cry. It's okay to mourn. It's okay to go through a lengthy period of struggling with the passing of a loved one. Uh, my wife, my father-in-law, uh, and others who I know are still struggling with the passing of my mother-in-law and still trying to find a normalcy of their, in their life, etc. It's okay to go through that period. In fact, I think one of the things that the devil will often do to us to keep us from fully healing is to try to make us feel guilty for weeping over the loss of a loved one. I mean, we're always told, you know, they're in a better place. You know, one day we get to go to be with them. They get to be with the Lord right now. Why aren't we happy for them? And so we begin to feel guilty because I'm not happy. You're not, it's not that you're not happy that they're with the Lord. It's that you are unhappy that you no longer get to be with them in this, or and maybe even addition, I wish I could be with them too right now. I know some of those who are dealing with death right now, they, they have that, I wish I could just go and be with them. Which all ties back into our passage from 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Because of Jesus, there is no sting in death. There is no victory in death. And therefore, you and I not, need not dread it. But when one of our loved ones passes over ahead of us, there is an absence. And so he doesn't say, do not grieve. Notice that that's not in the passage. He says, you may not grieve as others do. In other words, there's a grieving. It's just not the same type of grieving. It's okay, number one, to have tears. That is appropriate. Number two, as we're dealing with death, notice that you move further into the passage, verse 16. Then they journeyed from Bethel. When they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel went into labor, and she had hard labor. And when her labor was at its hardest, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for you have had another son. And as her soul was departing, for she was dying, she called his name Benoni. But his father called him Benjamin. And that's, of course, how we remember him. So Rachel died, and she was buried on the way to Ephrath, that is, Bethlehem. Another famous town, very small, tiny little podunk, not known for anything you would think, like Nazareth, and then David comes along. Jesus is going to get born there, you know, etc. All right, so you got Bethlehem. And Jacob set up a pillar over her tomb. It is the pillar of Rachel's tomb, which is there to this day. Second thing that I think uh, application we can draw, and that is that memorial markers are appropriate. Cindy and I just, uh, within the last week, we actually took a, uh, I guess it was, I don't know, about 10 days ago, we actually went out to the memorial marker for her mom. And we looked at the flowers and we tried to arrange things nicely, etc. Uh, because Cindy wanted to, she wanted to do that. And I felt like that, that was appropriate for her. Memorial markers are not wrong. Now, I think that one of the things that we do as Christians need to remember is that that's not really where they're at. The memorial, memorial marker is really for the world. It's really there to say to the world, we remember this particular person. But I'll be honest with you, I, I think personally that the better place for you to go if you want to spend time thinking about that individual is probably where you had your last conversation with them. That is a spot that ought to come to your mind that you can, you actually had interaction, you had you know connection with them. 
But the, the second application that I would draw to this is that memorial markers are appropriate. In fact, in a lot of ways, we underappreciate memorial markers. I, I'm going to talk about my mom for just a second. My mom's a big, big genealogist, and uh, she has done research that's taken our family back I don't know how long. I mean, practically, practically to Jesus. And uh, I, I'm really proud of the work that my mother has done. She's got an entire wall in her little house that is covered by the books of the stuff that she has researched with regards to our family. But one of her goals when her and dad pass is that on their tombstone, their memorial marker, that she carries out, etched in stone, the family tree of both individuals. That can be so invaluable to future generations as they're trying to put together family histories and things of that nature. Now, I have no idea what was on this memorial marker. I doubt it's going to be was as detailed as what's going to happen with regards to my mom's memorial marker. But think of how appropriate it is for us to not forget that one of the reasons I'm even in existence is because of these people who have a memorial marker there that says that they once existed in the flesh that allowed me to come about in the flesh as well. So the second thing in dealing with death is, number one, tears are appropriate and memorial markers are appropriate, as we see here in verse 20. Number three... <coughs> Jacob is going to spend some time with his dad before his father passes, Isaac. And it says that now the days of Isaac were 180 years. That's a long time to live. And Isaac breathed his last, and he died and was gathered to his people, old and full of days. And his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. I've used this part of this passage many times at funeral services, especially at the gravesite, to suggest that it is appropriate for us to come together. Notice what's going to happen, that he, he is full of days, he is an old man, and then his sons are going to bury him. Third point, family reunions are appropriate. I just recently saw something on social media that was basically berating individuals who only get together when there's a death in the family. And although that is probably something worth us considering, you know, it's unfortunate. The only time we ever see each other is when somebody dies. And although you can kind of rip on people for that, there's also a natural tendency to understand why that happened. Life gets busy. As we develop our families, we go off in separate directions, all of those kind of things. But what's the one thing that often draws us back together? It's when we lose somebody that's been precious to us in the past. Somebody has given us foundation, etc. And that's what happens here. His sons Esau and Jacob, they're going to come together to bury Dad. And in that process, there's going to be a family reunion, and that's appropriate. Tears are appropriate. Memorial markers are appropriate. Family reunions are appropriate. And so as you deal with death, I would suggest to you that one of the things that Satan likes to do is he likes to pile on. I'll give you a different illustration, then I'll come back to the death illustration. You have a bad thought. Maybe as a guy, it's a lustful thought, or whatever it may be. As a girl, it's going to have lustful thoughts as well. But you have a bad thought. And so you're thinking about not thinking. I, I can't be thinking about those thoughts, Right? And then you feel guilty because you're thinking about not thinking, which makes you think. I know you're saying, that sounds strange, but you can relate to what I'm talking about. Same thing is true with death. I think what the devil does, he likes to pile on. And he likes to do everything that he can. When you're, when you're at your lowest, he likes to just get on top of you and keep you down. And you're at your lowest oftentimes when somebody close to you has passed away. And now he wants you to feel guilty because you're shedding tears. Because you're supposed to be happy because they're gone to be with God. You see what he's piling on. There's nothing wrong with you being sad that you had this absence from your loved one. 
There's nothing wrong with you putting up a marker to remind you of some of the specifics, especially I like what my mom's planning to do with regards to the genealogy on, on her marker, so that people can have the information as to why this person was important to my existence. And there's nothing wrong with having family reunions, coming together. And if that's the only time your family actually can come together to unity, unify and be back, then so be it. Don't berate them because that's the only time they get together. Celebrate the fact that they're actually getting together. Here are five questions that I tried to cover in that little time together. I hope that we did a good job. I think we did. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. Please don't stop because we sure need it. Remember, on the Lord's Day, it is so very important for you to keep it simple, innocent, and meaningful. Give Him what He deserves. And generally, that doesn't happen in a big cathedral, sitting in a pew facing the back of the head of the fellow in front of you. It happens generally in a very small, intimate context. And so make sure that he gets that, would you? Sonny Chow saying, thanks for watching. Be there, Matthew 16, 26.